A reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me. He has sent me to bring glad tidings to the poor, to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and release to the prisoners, to announce a year of favor from the Lord and a day of vindication by our God. I rejoice heartily in the Lord and my God is the joy of my soul for he has clothed me with a robe of salvation and wrapped me in a mantle of justice, like a bridegroom adorned with a diadem, like a bride bedecked with her jewels. As the earth brings forth its plants and a garden makes its growth spring up, so will the Lord God make justice and praise spring up before all the nations. The word of the Lord. My soul rejoices in my God. My soul rejoices in my God. My soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked upon his lowly servant. From this day all generations will call me blessed. My soul rejoices in my God. My soul rejoices in my God. The Almighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. He has mercy on those who fear him in every generation. My soul rejoices in my God. My soul rejoices in my God. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty. He has come to help of his servant Israel, for he has remembered his promise of mercy. My soul rejoices in my God. My soul rejoices in my God. A reading from the first letter of St. Paul to the Thessalonians. Brothers and sisters, rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. In all circumstances, give thanks. For this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. Do not quench the spirit. Do not despise prophetic utterances. Test everything. Retain what is good. Refrain from every kind of evil. May the God of peace make you perfectly holy, and may you entirely, spirit, soul, and body, be preserved blameless for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful, and he will also accomplish it. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. 
The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. A man named John was sent from God. He came for testimony to testify to the light, so that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to testify to the light. And this is the testimony of John. When the Jews from Jerusalem sent priests and Levites to him to ask him, Who are you? He admitted and did not deny it, but admitted, I am not the Christ. So they asked him, What are you then? Are you Elijah? And he said, I am not. Are you the prophet? He answered, No. So they said to him, Who are you? So we can give an answer to those who sent us. What do you have to say for yourself? He said, I am the voice of one crying out in the desert. Make straight the way of the Lord. As Isaiah the prophet said, some Pharisees were also sent. They asked him, Why then do you baptize if you are not the Christ or Elijah or the prophet? John answered them, I baptize with water, but there is one among you whom you do not recognize, the one who is coming after me, whose sandal strap I am not worthy to untie. This happened in Bethany across the Jordan, where John was baptizing. The Gospel of the Lord. Who are you? So we can give an answer to those who sent us. What do you have to say for yourself? Is the question that's on the minds of the populace, of those who were waiting and have been longing for God to fulfill his promise to send his chosen one his anointed one, his Messiah, his King. And John responds in a manner that does not give them an opportunity to go back and tell those who sent them a satisfactory response. John is very much aware of who he is, whose he is, and the mission he came to realize, namely to herald, to proclaim the time is near. It is time to prepare, repent, and believe in the gospel, the good news. This was his cry. This was his call. A prophet of the stature of John the Baptist in appearance as well as charisma had not been seen by the chosen people of God for about 600 years. Malachi was the last prophet to speak. As we have it in our Bibles, you would see it is the last, most of our Bibles, it's the last book of the Old Testament, and then the New Testament begins with the writings of the Gospels. So John in revealing, in responding to the question, 
presents us with an opportunity to consider then who indeed is John the Baptist and why under God's good heaven is John being presented to us now for a second consecutive week in the season of Advent to prepare ourselves for the birthday of the Savior. Well, first of all, it can be said and is held that John is the greatest of all of the prophets from the beginning. He is also considered to be the last prophet of the Old Covenant and the first of the New Covenant. Remember, when the disciples of John were sent to Jesus, when John was in the, the prison, in the dungeon of Herod's palace, he sent two of his disciples to ask Jesus, are you the one that we are to expect or should we look for someone else? And Jesus responded to the question by saying, you go and tell John what you have seen and heard. The blind recover their sight, the deaf hear, the dumb speak, the mute speak, dead men are raised to life, lepers are cleansed, the poor have the good news preached to them. And as these two disciples were leaving, Jesus began to testify about John. He says, when you went out into the wilderness, what did you expect to see? Someone luxuriously dressed? He says, no, those who dress like that are in fine palaces and in, in great adornment of that magnitude. A reed swaying in the wind? A prophet? Yes, John was a prophet, but much more than that. And he says, I solemnly assure you of those born of women, there has been none born greater than John the Baptist. And there is another section of the gospel where Jesus goes on to say, he is Elijah. John is Elijah, if you have ears to hear and eyes to see. So now here is the quandary, so to speak. What is it? Is he or is he not? Because the questions were posed, are you, are you the, the Christ? I am not. Are you Elijah? I am not. Are you the prophet? I am not. Well, then who are you? What do you have to say for yourself? So each of the questions they posed were relative to prophecies, relative to the advent of the Messiah. The Messiah would come, first of all, preaching and teaching in a manner that would captivate the crowds, captivate the masses, captivate their, capture their imagination and realize the words that he spoke would realize the end for which they were meant. And so there is this great stirring. Multitudes of people are going out to see John in the wilderness. John is attired in camel's hair, akin to how Elijah used to appear, and he is preaching with great power and spirit that has, again, has not been uh, heard for some time. And the very fact that John has situated himself in the Jordan, by the Jordan River in the desert area, in itself discloses a sense of what the state of affairs was like for the people of Israel, particularly the, the temple area, because it would have been in the temple precincts that the people would have come to, to cleanse themselves through the ritual baths, which, by mind you, baptism is not an invention of the, the Christian faith. It has always been a part of the Jewish people's uh, rites and practices as it pertains to their worship and adoration of God.
So what we have being presented here is John confirming who he is, while at the same time bringing the people to the realization something far more significant is at hand. And we get insight about why it is that this is such a significant time from the book of the prophet Isaiah chapter 61. And hopefully when we heard its proclamation this morning, it resonated in our hearts. We have familiarity with this particular pericope, this particular section of Isaiah's writing where it says, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me. He has sent me to bring glad tidings to the poor, to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and release to the prisoners, to announce a year of favor from the Lord and the day of vindication by our God. Recall, when Jesus entered the synagogue of his hometown in Nazareth, I believe it's presented to us in Matthew's Gospel, he was handed the scroll of the prophet Isaiah and he specifically opened it up to the section where it speaks of today's, where we get this section of the reading today, the first part of today's reading. And it is the Jubilee proclamation. The proclamation of Jubilee can only be made rightly by the king. And when Jesus read verbatim, word for word, what we hear today, he rolled up the scroll, everybody's eyes were fixed intently upon him, and as he took his seat, he said, today, this scripture passage is fulfilled in your hearing. And that obviously didn't cause quite a stir, as they were amazed at the gracious words flowing from his, his mouth, and then they began to wonder, where is he coming from with all of this? Well, that was as he would have obviously begun his public ministry. But therein lies the key to what we're dealing with. When Isaiah presented this prophecy back when he was alive, the people thought it maybe was in relationship to Hezekiah. Hezekiah was one of the descendants of the throne of David, King David, and he was trying to reestablish things, to put things back in right order because of the infidelities over the years. But it wasn't Hezekiah that it was referring to. It was referring to the one that God would send in the fullness of time. And when this reality came, we hear, I, we hear the prophet saying, uh, we see John the Baptist carrying on. Camel's hair eating, what was it? Uh, wild honey, locust, crickets, or uh, <laughs> Uh, grasshoppers. Maybe the vegans would like him. I don't know how the vegans of today would do with the diet of John the Baptist, but John the Baptist came looking quite wild and disheveled, but he was preaching in a manner that captured the people's interest, and they were excited. They thought he was the one, because it was prophesied that Elijah would precede the coming of the Messiah. So what is it? Why is it then that Jesus refers to John the Baptist as Elijah for those who have eyes to see and ears to hear? Is it truly that John the Baptist has Elijah reincarnated in the person of John the Baptist? And the answer is no. We have to go to the first chapter of the Gospel of St. Luke, verse 17, where you will read, and this is when the archangel Gabriel visited with Zechariah, who was in the temple performing the priestly duties as it was his time to do it. And in that visitation, the archangel said a number of things, but he said this specifically in the 17th verse of the first chapter. And he will go before, talking about the child that was to be born to Zechariah and Elizabeth, 
and he will go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready for the Lord a people prepared. That is the sense in which we ought to understand when Jesus says, John the Baptist is Elijah, if you can accept it. He is Elijah. He is not the person of Elijah. He is in the spirit and power that animated Elijah at a pivotal time in salvation history. So with this, what are we gleaning from the person of John the Baptist in terms of our preparation in these last couple of days, this season of Advent giving way, what is he encouraging us to do? Number one, repent. Give up your judgments. Give up your visions, your whatever your desires are. Forgo them in exchange for the judgment of the king. Forgo them for the exchange of the vision of the king. Forgo them for the joy, the mercy, the love, the justice of the king. That is absolutely necessary. The king can present, the president can present any kind of proclamation he wants, but if the populace, if the people don't embrace it and make the necessary adjustments, it's meaningless. It will take on no significant reality whatsoever. But for those who have the ears to hear and the eyes to see and hearts that are, this, are receptive and open to receive, they will be given that new life, that, 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 that strength, a purpose to be a part of this reality. John the Baptist, heralding this call, makes it clear to us he was aware of himself. He was the humble one. They tied time and time again to entice him to take something for himself, to compete with Jesus, but he refused time and time again. And the very fact that he is declared by Jesus to be the greatest born of woman for all generations, not just from the time in which he lived, but till the end of time. And yet he declares himself unfit to even do the most servile work, to, to loosen the tongues of his sandals, tells us that John was very clear. He who was sanctified from the womb of his mother as the prophet that would go before the Messiah he was very much aware that Jesus was the God-man, not just one of many. He was the one. And his heralding, his positioning at the Jordan River, significant. It was the Jordan River that the chosen people being relieved from the, the time of bondage in Egypt, they would cross into the promised land at the Jordan River. Elijah was taken up in a fiery chariot at the Jordan River. Jesus was baptized at the Jordan River, as we know. And so what we have John being presented to us as, he is the one who prefigures Jesus, who identifies him, announces him, and also proclaims the new exodus, not to some locality on this earth, but the exodus out of this world 
into the kingdom of great glory and joy. We are to be a people of joy, of rejoicing. And St. Paul gives us a wonderful word that we can listen to again to conclude our time of reflection. This is the recipe for joy, not happiness, but joy. Happiness is contingent upon the circumstance we are in. I'm happy if the saints are winning, if they're doing all kinds, like if they do a really great job today, oh, I'm so happy. But let them start fumbling and bumbling and stumbling. I'm angry and I'm sad and I want to throw bricks in the TV. I don't know what. Or maybe I want to drown myself in my sorrows with a good cocktail of some sort. I don't know. But you know what I mean. Joy is rooted in being. It's rooted in the person of God the Spirit of God, which we've been endowed with when we're baptized. And so St. Paul says this to us today. Brothers and sisters, rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. In all circumstances, give thanks, for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. Do not quench the Spirit. Do not despise prophetic utterances. Test everything. Retain what is good. Refrain from every kind of of evil. And then, this final word, the one who calls you is faithful, and he will also accomplish it. So we see still Advent reminding us of the first coming to celebrate that reality, but to definitely be anticipating and alive to that which is yet to come, the parousia, his second coming in glory. It's God who calls you is faithful, and he will also accomplish it. God love you.